This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And we have two very special guests in the house. We've got none other than XP Property in the house. And I'm going to hand over to the boys straight away to introduce themselves. So, Ben, Jack, who are you? Hi, yeah, thanks for having us on. I, I'm Ben Richards um, and yeah, my business partner is Jack and we'll, we'll hear from Jack in a minute. We're from XP Property, um, but we also run another um, series of businesses associated property alongside XP Property. So we'll get onto that as well. But um, a little bit about myself. My, my background has always been in architecture and engineering. Um, I studied architectural engineering at university. Um, before that, was very much interested in building things um, maths the technical side of things engineering problem solving all of that um sort of um subject matter um but i also like to be creative so the architecture really kind of fitted well with that more technical understanding of stuff um so architectural engineering seemed to to, to suit me um so i did a four years course in in cardiff university um, and then took a bit of a different route, um, graduated from uni and actually played poker for a living. So I played online poker for 10, 10 to 12 months, um, much to my mum and dad's dismay. Um, but at least I got the education stuff out of the way first. Um, and then, yeah, moved into what I studied for. So worked for an architectural practice for four years, um, basically working on planning applications, building regulation packages, really kind of in front of the computer screen, barely ever saw any of the sites that I designed, like probably designed over 100 schemes and didn't get to see any of them. It was just CAD machine, just churning out drawings after drawings, um, which was fine. And I'd learned a hell of a lot in those four years, then went to work for the Berkeley Group. So I wanted a different kind of different size, different setup. Um, you know, the, the, I was the first employee of the architectural practice that I worked for um, and going into this behemoth of a business you know that had been running for 40 years you know one of the best property development companies in the UK it was a massive eye-opener so um, worked on some large schemes 816 units and then a 955 unit scheme which was a sort of eight-year program double basement level um, 27 story towers um, you know an incredible place to be learned a hell of a lot um, and then alongside that did um, a property development of my own and that was kind of my first foray into um, property development, I built a two bedroom house on the side of an existing end terrace, project managed that of an evening and weekends whilst working for the Berkeley Group, and then fundamentally refinanced, held that property on a buy to let mortgage, um, pocketed about 35, 40 grand and handed in my notice the week after. Nice. Um, wanted to do more of that, you know, build my own businesses, do my own property developments. Um, and that's what led me to start Aura Architecture, which was my own architectural practice, which I've been running for six years. So, um, yeah, that was the sort of cash flowing business that I wanted to start to then supplement some of the development stuff. That I wanted to do alongside that and that's when I met Jack so five years ago we set up XP property and we've been doing um, investment and development um, in property since then um, so there's a series of other businesses but I'll let Jack kind of delve into those. <laughs> yeah I can't uh, excite anyone to say I was a poker player as well <laughs> unfortunately 
Um, but a very good intro and a bit more about, um, I'll go on to a bit about me and then, and then you know, what I do at XP Property and also a sister company that I've won with my brother. Um, so Ben's background is extremely academic and probably more theory-based, whereas mine was the opposite. And mine is very practically based. So my father ran several businesses, including property businesses. And my grandfather on the other side run a construction company. Um, throughout childhood and growing up, I was a bit like a, uh, a serial entrepreneur child started with sweets uh, at school. I then set up an eBay account when I was 13 and had to lie about my age. Um, and since then, I've done over 500 transactions on eBay, selling various different types of items. I even flew to China um, to raise more stock when I was only sort of 20 years old um, and then went into um, sales and also fitness. I was running a side business, predominantly doing fitness catering and, and meals for fitness people. Um, which was in the office. I worked in a sales office with about 80 people in it. And I was started off uh, cooking for one person. And by the end of the week, uh, I'd pretty much feed half the half the office, which was quite a fun business to run inside an office where I was on a, on a salary. Um, but my family were always in property. And I sort of knew that I had a really good base around me for that knowledge and expertise. My every friend of my parents were builders or bricklayers or carpenters or whatever it may be um, and the light bulb switched for me when I had ran several fitness businesses um, and what I realized is property is in every business um, and businesses are normally cash flow so why not put them together and do something that's both cash flow and and the and the asset that class that you get with with real estate um, so I started doing small projects myself so literally building with my hands ground up builds we did um, bungalows to four bed houses. We did uh, get set garages to three bed houses. I was doing everything from top to toe. So groundwork, foundations, block work, brick work. The only two things we didn't do was plumbing and electrics because you had to be qualified to certify them. And quite frankly, I couldn't be bothered to, to do the certification. <laughs> so I'd much rather buy the site, build it all and outsource those two parts. It was a very old school back, back of the fag packet. I remember it would literally be if we buy it for 400k if we spend 200 on it and we sell it for 850 that works now i forget that we have planning consultants fees you have finance fees you have stamp duty you have legal fees you have the first charge lender second charge lender you have all these things which didn't even come into play and it was four figures if it worked we did it um and that was with uh, a very old elderly guy who's a family friend and i looked at him and he's sort of approaching 60 and i said matt i really want to do five or six of these a year, not one at a time. And he sort of said, yeah, I'm not up for that. Look at me, I'm struggling to do a roof now. Um, at which point we stayed in touch, but split ways. And now he's refurbishing some of our HMOs. Um, and then I started educating myself and understanding how I could be a little bit more smarter about how the modern developer and the modern investor looks like and looking at different strategies that I could adopt. And you name it, we've done it, commercial, residential, service accommodation, HMOs, um, re-gearing re leases, buying and selling sites before we complete, pretty much done everything under the sun just to find our feet. Um, but as mentioned, Ben and I met five years ago. We think we've got a good blend in skill sets. I did in the office, I did sales. Um, so I picked up a lot of skills with negotiating, um, processing projects that are coming through, likely ones, not likely ones um, at the front end. Um, I've always been more numbers oriented than, find, uh, than, than sort of literacy or, 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 or English related. So I've worked quite well to crunching the numbers on sites. 
um, so I find and secure funding and structure the deals and then Ben goes through design delivery and sales so that sort of match up which is um, you know we like to say a successful partnership because there's ones out there that that aren't is one plus one equals three and we really see the benefit of that um, so that was XP Property was born and we were growing a development businesses which comes with its learnings and its challenges um, but also alongside that I set up a investment business with my brother which is called Central Suites um, and that is buying uh, investment properties, flips and HMOs. Um, so we've now got about 120 units in that in that business. Uh, and we do several flips a year um, and that's scaling at a similar sort of trajectory, but much smaller projects uh, and one unit at a time. Um, and then Ben and I also set up a measured surveying company together called XP Surveys. And we tend to average about 20 to 30 surveys a month. Um, we have a, a, a fresh out of the box um, online quotation tool. We're the only company in the UK that has that both wide for uh, biz, uh, for building surveys and topographical. Um, so we like to find a problem, solve it, like Ben said, and bring that to market. So across the businesses, we can find the site and get a position in XP Property. We can survey it. Ben's architectural practice can design it. XP Property can deliver it, and then Central Suites can manage and maintain that. Um, so full sort of sausage factory. Uh, line as you can see. Wow. I wasn't expecting sausage factory. I don't know. <laughs> no, exactly that. That. So is that the phrase? <laughs> I don't know, but I loved it. I loved it. Well, you boys really are a natural, um, you're very complimentary, aren't you, in terms of your skill sets? Good. Yeah. And you've gone back to your roots with your sweets as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Central sweets. Very good. Very nice. <laughs> Oh dear, wow. Um, I'm not entirely sure where, where to go from there. I'm a bit out of breath listening to all that. <laughs> a lot to dig into, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you like doing the most? Mm. Ben, um, you can start. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've actually, the last six years, the things that I've enjoyed the most are understanding and learning the business side of everything and the marketing side of everything. Um, sort of growing businesses and understanding how business operates is actually more of interest to me than the property side of things now like I feel like I've I've kind of I know how to build houses I know how to design houses that's what I've been doing so for the last five or six years building businesses has been more enjoyable because it's new understandings new learnings and what I really wanted to do with XP survey was kind of get it to a position in three years in the sort of size and scale that Aura has done in five or six so taking the learnings out of Aura and then uh, putting them into a new service-based business and growing that, you know, faster with the learnings that I've taken. That was the sort of challenge that I wanted to sort of set myself, but it's not really filtered out that way, but it's, it's, it's very hard, especially when you've got loads of other stuff going on. But yeah, business and marketing, I think is really what I've, I've loved doing over the last five or six years. Yeah, and then for me, it's, it's probably always and, and always will be acquisitions. I like the fast pace. I like the quick moving items. I like negotiating. I really enjoy, you know, from... A really young age my mum would come in at you know I was only probably 13 14 years old and be like I've got Vodafone on the phone can you negotiate our contracts for our family please and I'll be like yes I can um, <laughs> watch me go <laughs> uh, and you know classic case of you know give them a bit of fear of loss and negotiate and then you know you can always turn back around and tell them to bring a bottom value and I love that chase and following up and deals and and letting some deals come away and come back I really like that, that pipeline process um, since we set the businesses up, so just over five years ago, we've actually acquired a property or a development site every four weeks. 
Um, so it's a very, and, and that's not sourced on or, or sold on, that's everything that we've acquired. So we're very fast paced at the front end. Um, and I feel that when you're working off your strength, you enjoy your job the most. And I feel that, that it hasn't, you know, come to me. There is an element of natural, um, you know, don't mind a bit of confrontation, don't mind a bit of, you know, stepping away from situations, engaging that. But I also really um, have learned so much over the years in, in my sales role, which was non-property related. And in property, it's very similar and you can, you can replicate those skills. So I'd say definitely the acquisitions part. I also enjoy that, that we've now grown across the business as a team of 27. Um, and I really do enjoy the, watching individuals in the team grow and, and become friends and you know, help our business and come up with ideas that we'd have never come up with and support us in areas that we need support and building, you know, technically we're building a family that we spend just as much time with as our family. So um, I've been, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the, uh, the growth of, of the people around us. I think that's, I don't obviously don't want to delve too much into maybe a topic that's coming up later, um, but growing that and being part of, you know, someone getting into a, a position in the company and really enjoying their career and working off their strengths is, is really satisfying. So do you spend a lot of time in the office if, you're, um, if your main passion is acquisitions and that side of it? Are you happier being out on the road, um, speaking to people, looking for new deals, being on site as opposed to sat behind the desk? Yeah, so um, Bam and our, our project managers spend more time on site than I do now. I try and leave them to it. Otherwise, I just probably hinder them. Um, <laughs> so it comes down to viewings and new sites. Um, I don't actually spend that much more time currently doing viewings. It's probably no more than a day a week, um, especially because we're doing larger sort of six to eight developments a year. That's not a lot of time out of the office. There's a lot of time in the office getting those deals over the line. Um, so I'm probably in the office four, four to, yeah, over four days a week. Nice. Mm. That's very so, impressive. Yeah, I know you guys have gone from strength to strength. And uh, we actually um, kind of reconnected with you through the Property Investors Awards and uh, through the fact that we were co-winners in 2022. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're looking at how we can um, work together in the future, as I, I think that they's, they're trying to do with, with, the, with the winners is, is present and create more opportunities um, moving forwards. But coming on to a question which we always ask, our guests um is what does the human side of property mean to you so start with jack this time what does the human side of property mean to you yeah so um i mean we could broaden that up to the the human side of of everything um i for, for me you know you know our our shareholders stakeholders our clients our you know investors our buyers our tenants these and our staff, they're, they're all people that are engaged into an element of our business going from A to B or, or growing or taking a new project on. Um, and I, you know, I love the phrase when it comes to people internally, give, you know, teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for the rest of his life. I, I very much believe that. I feel that our company is very culture driven. We have a really, you know, young, dynamic, fast and hungry environment. And that's really difficult to create without you know the right people in place um, and in actual fact when we do our staff reviews with all our staff the first thing they say is the people around them that they, is what they enjoy the most 
um, which is pretty crazy when you look at someone that's purposely gone into, you know, I interviewed someone this morning that wants to move into property. And in three to six months, if her response to that question is, I prefer the people than those, then maybe that, you know, <laughs> the industry isn't so important. Um, but for me, it's, I, I get, uh, I get a huge satisfaction myself with the people that I work with externally. So I would much rather work with a builder that I have a good gut feel over and get on well with, and I feel I can trust than a builder that I, I don't feel that well with. They might be cheaper, they might have a slightly bit better end product, but the reliability and the trust is, is really an important thing for me. Um, so, so I feel that that has to be reciprocated in reverse. So I feel that if I'm not trustworthy and and I'm not the person that, that I would work with, then how is anyone going to work with us? So for me, it's about replicating what I like to see externally. And we do often come, come up with companies or people that, that don't have the same morals. And, and, you know, sometimes we have to take that on the chin and go, we're glad it happened sooner rather than later, because we don't want to grow a, a more responsive, you know, responsible relationship with a business like that. I actually yeah, just had a call earlier today, which was of a similar effect. Um, and we'll probably be moving our business elsewhere because the service, in my opinion, is, is, is extremely bad given that we're the paying client. Um, so quite a long-winded and not to the point, which is quite rare for me. Um, but for me, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's more about mirroring what I want to be working with and who I want to be working with. There's always there's the skill, the, the quality, the cost tends to get risen above when the person um, is trustworthy uh, or has the same morals. Um, it also helps if those other areas are in line and it, it, it makes it easier for you to make a commercial decision. But I feel that the, you know, when the, the bubbles reach to the top, it always works out that that good relationship is the way to go. To give you a bit of an, an example, um, we, uh, we, we, we started doing uh, our shared housing in Oxfordshire and we met with a builder um, who we've now done almost 20 projects with um, end to end. Uh, he's a guy called Richard and he's works with his sons and he's got about 10 blokes on, on the job. And I would trust him with anything, literally anything. And I would, wouldn't even dream of deviating to give any other builder in that area some of our stock. You know, he's nipped around to houses when we're not in the area or we're abroad or whatever it may be. And he sort of treats our business almost like his own because he really values that relationship. Um, and our business wouldn't have grown the same way if we didn't have a Richard. And I feel that that's, that's reciprocated creating that win-win scenario. And if there isn't a win-win scenario, it's not for us a long relationship. And um, when, you know, Ben and I are quite young, when we started, we were, I was in my twenties and Ben was in his early thirties. Um, we wanted a, a long-term business. When we were looking for investors, we didn't want to work with someone once. We wanted to work with them 10 times over. When we were looking at builders, we wanted to work with them 10 times over. And you have to, ha you have, to have your wits about you, who you're engaging with. And that's quite difficult to, to gauge sometimes, but I find that trusting your cut and going with someone that you could trust more so than anything um, has really paid off dividends. And we've now got recurring investors that keep coming back to us to, to work with us because of who we are. And I feel that that's reciprocated backwards. We've had quite a few investors that we've actually said, I don't think this is the right fit, um, which sounds crazy because people go to me, you turn, an, you turn investment money down. And I'm like, well, I don't. I feel that you know they could gel with someone maybe a, a bit different or in a different journey or you know maybe you know maybe an older business or a younger business or whatever it may be. Um, and we're not, you know, we'd we'd probably take consider the relationship first before the commercial aspects come into it. 
I think that's so important. I think, you know, what you're saying is it, it starts with the trust and the compatibility of values, and then it leads to choice. Um, but those choices have to be win-win for all parties because, yeah. you know, you're looking for that, that long-term growth. And yeah, I, I think it's very honest, actually, because especially on the money side, you know, it, people can be very thirsty for it, particularly in the yeah. early days when it sort of feels like such a huge deal raising finance. But as you evolve and you realize that it's much more about who you want to work with and everything becomes a byproduct of that, if you get it right, you, you grow. And um, yeah, no, I, I like that. I don't think we've had an answer quite like that on the podcast. I think where it sort of involves choice, trust certainly, but choice, that's a new element. So yeah, thank you for saying that. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it, it's, it boils down to what you were just talking about in terms of relationships. I think fundamentally, property is a people business. Mm. I mean, most businesses are. But property, having learned that over the last you know, 12 years of working in the industry, it's the relationships that you build with people that, that make or break opportunities. Um, I'm not one for burning bridges. Like I think, you know, I treat everyone the same and everyone that knows me will will um, will echo that. And I think there are opportunities that have arisen in my life where I've met someone three or four years ago and the benefits of those conversations are only now coming to fruition when there's, when an opportunity presents itself. So building um, those relationships are, are fundamental to sort of the property industry. I think um, when I was playing poker full time, like one of the reasons that I couldn't continue doing it, is because I wasn't being productive and I wasn't wasn't speaking to people because I was playing online. I was basically in front of a computer screen, kind of antisocial hours, clicking loads of buttons um, and wasn't having that engagement with people. Um, and that's what I missed. So coming into the property industry and understanding how crucial those um, relationships are with people, um, just just it does make or break deals. And we, we've got you know countless examples where um, you know, we've built relationships with, you know, we've got a scheme at the moment, which is one of our biggest schemes to date, which fundamentally started as a potential sort of architectural client. And it, that was how the conversation evolved. And we got to know, know the vendor, you know, well, or the, the client really well, um, to then open up a conversation about, you know, an exchange with delay completion to actually become a property development of, of our own. And that came through the building of that relationship, the understanding of their needs, the understanding of how you could service those needs um, and coming together on a, um, you know, a mutual agreement that's, like you say, a win-win scenario for both parties. So I think the property, um, more so than any other business, is so heavily reliant on relationships with people and the different entities and understanding what their needs are and hopefully uh, you know, coming up with a win-win scenario for them. Mm. Yeah. Very much so. So would you describe yourself as farmers? So like planting seeds? And then like, they kind of I mean, grow. Or, or horticulturalists or horticulturalists. Um, yeah. Arborists. <laughs> I, I do I do believe in that. Like, I think like Jack says, we when from, from day one, we've been very much like this is a 25, 30 year process for us. Yeah. Um, we are sowing the seeds now for you know for longer term gain and and no, we, we've probably taken some um, 
you know, difficult times in the short term to make sure that we are making way for those long, like basically building the foundations very, very strong so that as we do grow, you know, those foundations will will, will, will be maintained and, and help us grow even sort of further and stronger for it. Um, I think too many people come into property and think, you know, in two years time, we'll be a millionaire, Rodney, and, and off we go. Um, and it just, you know, it, does, it doesn't work like that. You know, we've been in this for a, a while now, and it's, every day is difficult. There's challenges every single day, you know, and I think I've, um, you know, even last week, went to a Young Architects and Developers Alliance um, networking group, which was 400 people in the room, like 90% architects, 10% developers. And every time I said to an architect, no, I'm an, I, I run an architectural practice and I'm also a developer. Oh my God, that's, the, you know, I want to, I want to move to the dark side. I want to do more developing. Um, and I'm like, just, I don't know if everyone has the risk appetite for it. They don't, they don't see the difficulty, the challenges um, and the downsides. Um, all they see is the money and you know, it's just not, yeah. not always the case. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a fantastic place to be in the fruits are there, but, um, you know, you have to work very hard to, to get them. I think that a lot of people get into the industry with that mindset that they're going to get rich quick. They're going to make money whilst they sleep and it'll be a bed of roses for them. Yeah. And I think that, that we've talked about this before in the podcast kind of differentiates like the wheat from the chaff, they're the people that find the difficult points and suddenly realize that it's not as easy as what they expected. They give up really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you just keep, keep going, keep at it, it will eventually work. Yeah. I did a, I think it was a, you know, a reel on Instagram or TikTok or whatever about <laughs> homes under the hammer. Um, you know, the people watch homes under the hammer and just think it's easy because yeah. the figures that they come they, they, they rarely ever take into consideration these sort of third party costs like Jack mentioned earlier. Well, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, what can, I, what can I buy it for? What can I build it for? What's it worth? Oh, happy days, it makes money. Oh, but what about the finance cost, the stamp duty, the, all these other things? Yeah. And you know, almost everyone on Homes and the Hammer seems to make money, and it's just not that easy. And I've spoken to Martin money. Roberts, and it's actually not true. They have to be really selective about you know, what they screen, because most people who wander into the auction room just completely fuck it up. Really? It's actually not televisable. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. surprise me. I mean, we only ever sell at auction. We, we well, we've, we've bought one thing at auction, um, but most of the time we sell because we know there are people willing to pay, you know, a lot more than we think it's, it, it's worth, um, and certainly not the amount that we could buy it for and make money on it. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous game. Mm. Ooh. Definitely. Well, um, uh, we ask our guests to come prepared with a question. So now is the time. So I believe you've you've got a question for us. So over to you. Who's asking? Right, so I ask it, Ben. Yeah, go for it. So our question is not non-property and non-podcast related. Love it. <laughs> if you had to start a new business completely from scratch, um, what would it be in and why? And we would love an answer from each of you. Uh -huh. That's a good question. Oh my god! god. Matt, I feel like I feel like Matt's going to take ten years on this because <laughs> <laughs> he's the, he's got so many ideas. Like, <laughs> um, so <laughs> would it be in the acoustic industry? No, no. no. There's a reason well, you left that for property. Yeah, well, I, I had a music school. That was one of my first businesses, um, and that was a very actually probably quite a lucrative business that's in oxfordshire um i think your, your neck of the woods yeah. in tame south oxfordshire never heard of it 
<laughs> Some little business. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was very, very good neck of the woods for from teaching piano, but uh, and a music school as well, which worked worked very well for me. Um, but it didn't have the same legs as as property. So, um, but I've always wanted to go back into the music industry and provide space and opportunity for others, uh, young people, education um, around that property. It's almost a bit of a bit of a, a hub, music hub. So as part of a larger development, you know, when I got into property, I was still living in Tame. I thought it'd be great to be able to build a block of flats, which then maybe had a, um, this, uh, put the music school in it essentially. And you'd have this collaboration with all different artists and creatives that you can have in one space. And uh, pe people have done it, but generally they're all charities and um, it's a very difficult part of the market to actually make money. So as a business, I'm not sure how it would make money. Um in terms of you asking me now what business I would do, I would do something which is which it's a little bit easier <laughs> than property. Yeah, after after those conversations you've had, but yeah, because we also have the HMO platform, which is an edu yeah, property education business, and and that is it's it's tough as well. You know, the pro everything property seems to be relatively um, tough, but I think quite rewarding. Um, and you know, businesses we're looking at at the moment to to diversify or more on kind of the retail side, so um, to taking other taking other products and selling those, in, in identifying opportunity and identifying demand, where you don't have to deal with so many people, <laughs> which allows for yeah freeing up time. I think that's one thing. It's businesses which allow to free up time, and property does do that, and lettings does that. Um, but maybe we just bring it upon ourselves by being serial entrepreneurs and you and you just move on to the next thing. Oh, that's a really good idea. That's a good idea. And you end up with a full plate. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. How did I get here? I was so, meant to be two days a week, not, not six. <laughs> yeah. And in my flip-flops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on, on, the, on the beach, um, which we know isn't the reality for a long time. It, it gets there, but it's, yeah, you get bored on the beach, don't you? Yeah. So maybe I've not answered the question fully, but I'm still thinking. I've got a couple that sprang to mind. So they're quite different. The first, well, the first one that sprang to mind was actually kind of involved flip flops because I hadn't been on holiday for ages, right? Like, so I hadn't had a hot holiday since like 2019. I've just, in, in May, I did two, just got it out, got it done, went to Dubai and went to Sardinia. And I was sitting there and you have time and space to think. And I was like, I would love a business that actually involves taking people away, like a retreat business, right? A retreat business, um, probably centering around women that allows them to think about what's important in life and sort of facilitating that by working with other people. So it could be you know spiritual stuff like yoga specialists or whatever you get the idea and sort of i'm there i'm there sign me um, up okay you have a penis you can't come i've just told no, you it's for women so yeah so all of you it's, are fine, it's fine, fine wants to come <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine ben we'll do one just for men <laughs> like it, well, it retreats it wouldn't necessarily be just for women it was just kind of like a you know what i mean like it was something that occurred to me um but i, I did try to do this a couple of years ago with a with a former business partner and for personal reasons we just couldn't get it off the ground uh, part covid was one of the reasons actually uh, i'd like to give it another bash yeah yeah so that was that's the first one. Second one 
was a bit more sort of charity focused, which was trying to create a service that works with local authorities and care providers um, to provide long-term accommodation that uh, provides one-to-one care. So my brother is severely disabled and we're trying to get him into long-term care at the moment. If you do like an assisted living unit, almost like sheltered accommodation in a way, that's emerging as a way forward, but actually something that's more one-to-one where somebody has such acute needs that it requires somebody to be on site all day, every day because of things like epilepsy or other such conditions. There just isn't, there's just no services out there and it's all stuck at funding. And um, having gone through that process painfully since 2019, I would like to create a business that makes that easier. <laughs> so yeah, that would be, that would be the next, that'd be the more charitable endeavor. I vote for the second one. Yeah. Oh, what about my flip-flops? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a big one. Um, it would be a, a a big project to take on, but it's definitely got a personal drive behind mm-hmm. it. It's been exhausting. I'm not gonna lie. So so yeah. What about you, now What's your what's your thoughts, bud? Oh, I want to do nothing. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> he keeps um, telling me. He keeps telling me this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think um as we've all kind of mentioned throughout the podcast it, uh, this episode it is it is a very stressful world being an entrepreneur being a property investor whatever uh strategy you're focusing on it is a lot of pressures that go with that um but at the same time on the flip side like you alluded to Matt I don't think I could spend all day every day just on the beach doing nothing um I would have to have something to focus on you, know thought, you, you, you love dealing with tenants, don't you, in the moment? Yeah. Well, well I did until a half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the story for another, another episode. Um, I think maybe something more seasonal that I can dip in and out of. Mm. Um, so I, I really like traveling. Um, I enjoy uh, exploring new places, going to festivals and just having a lot of fun. And one of my favorite jobs when I was younger was working in a bar. So I thought of having a mobile bar that I can just drive around to festivals in so I can enjoy the parties, I can have new experiences, travel across the world in my mobile bar. Oh my Realise you can't drink and drive. Oh, the hire a chauffeur. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Leverage, baby. You just call, we just call you Barney. Barney, yeah. <laughs> so there you see, I still get to work with people, I still get to have fun, I still get to travel, and I still have my own business. And you still get to drink. Very and good. I still get to drink. <laughs> uh-huh. That's great. <laughs> uh, I actually just thinking um, as as you guys were talking that I've actually had a few discussions with a couple of people about introducing AI in well doing a new business using AI to um, to do some bits and bobs. I'm not, not going to go into detail to give the ideas away, but um, <laughs> using not until using it's AI, <laughs> yeah, and, and using AI tools to just create an easy service so people don't know how to use AI really. So if you can find a way to use it effectively in a way which is valuable to people, and then for, because it's quite automated, it can spit out results quite well and therefore can be quite low priced as well. Yeah. So you can actually have, have uh, yeah quite personalized results. So like a what you mean like a. AI yeah, without... interpretation service kind of thing is it is that is that no it? no i'm gonna i'm gonna call it quits there um, <laughs> oh, okay but uh yeah, yeah but, but uh, using technology and looking at how 
AI can make lives easier um, and identify business opportunities, which may be may be short lived mm. as AI evolves, but you, you never know where it could go. Are you guys using much chat GPT and, and AI in your businesses? Starting to, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we, we use it for ideas. So mm-hmm. you know, coming up with, like, I'm trying to think of something. Well, we use it for blogs. So yeah, blog, yeah, blog writing. So we just um, write the blog. Um, so, we, for example, um, we have an SEO topic that we need to hit. So we just go to, to chat GPT and we say, yeah, this is what we need it to be. And then, blah, then it spits out an article. Then we just go and edit it and then um, SEO it and then upload it. Yeah. Um, check it. I, I do a final check to make sure that it says what it needs to say. Um, and everything is correct because it does sometimes get things wrong, especially mm-hmm. with HMOs and some of the technical stuff. Yeah. But, but um, you know, as long it's as it's a fantastic been tool to, to give like a, a first draft of something and it'll Amazing. give you the bare bones or the structure of something to then tweak and amend. But, or like yeah, the concept just... to the idea to unpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if, you, if you're not in a creative mode, if you know you need mm. to get something done and you have to sort of sit there, like, I've got to write, you know, 500 words or 1,000 words, even like, um, um, don't tell YPN, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a regular writer for YPN and mm. uh, it's great just for coming up with ideas and so can you just write me a paragraph on this and then everything else can extrapolate from there and I've got another editor that makes it sound even better. It's not, it's not an AI, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah. It's starting point. I, I don't think I told you told you, Jack, when um so we're having an open day at one of our finished projects on Saturday and we tasked our marketing executive to kind of um you know start the marketing for it and start pulling together some social media content and blah blah blah. And I said, you know, have a think about the strategy and what we want to do. Send me a WhatsApp message in response, like five or six paragraphs saying, you know, I would start with doing blah 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 blah. And then I do this and then I do this. And I text back saying, How's ChatGPT working for you then? And he was like, oh, I was, I was, I was just trying it out. And I was like, yeah, so there's no typos. There's no grammar mistakes. This definitely isn't yours, Effiom, is it? It doesn't sound human. You, know, you just sent me back this, like, clearly straight from ChatGPT of the strategy you would go by. Uh, yeah. Love it. It's very yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really is incredible. However, what's really interesting is that um, I do a lot of keynote speaking outside of property, right? And my topic is tech energy which is kind of linked to napoleon hills think and grow rich where he talked about you know sex transmutation tapping into that inherent power within you and you know channeling it towards business or any success you're looking to achieve right so when i typed that i think i put sexual energy or other search terms around it it's like turns out chat gbt is quite prudish like it, it, it's it sort of keeps coming back with the it leads into sort of like sexual harassment stuff and that's how it's inappropriate in a workplace setting and I've only just, through a guy who's designing my website at the moment, found a way around almost kind of allowing it to go deeper than that. Because you can, there's certain sort of terms you can put in that sort of say, you know, you don't have to be so PC about it and and, and it can go deeper. So I'm going to start using it more in my business on that side of things. Because up until this point, it was censored as fuck. It was like, no, sorry, this is rude. You can't talk about it. It's like, what? Like, it's not what you're looking for. No, it's like, yeah. be helpful, man. So I remember really interesting. Five years ago, when uh, I started writing some blogs for my architecture practice, I was like trying to cram loads in, just didn't have the time. So I thought, right, I'm trying to outsource this using Fiverr, you know, at the time, Fiverr.com, Upwork, whatever. And I had this 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 guy over in India write me a, a blog on um, sort of ground floor extensions, kitchen extensions. Yeah. I had this this blog back and it basically used you know, a thesaurus and it was mentioning all about 
um, kitchen derriere extensions and your your rump extension. You know, <laughs> I was like, this is hilarious. Like, I, I I must dig it out and send it to you. But yeah, I think uh, I learned my lesson very quickly. That it's not just it's not the sort of thing that you outsource. Rump extension. I yeah. love that so the much. Extension to the derriere of this house. You know, you know. <laughs> having a full-blown bum lift on the back of a house yeah. like, oh, I, I saw enough of that in Dubai honestly that was that was insane well um, on, that, on that note I think we should move on to a bit of a, a episode roulette oh yeah that's me that's you yeah. I got I have to wake up now hang on <laughs> I thought bum lift would have done that to be fair but that would make, <laughs> make us all up <laughs> so just um just to give you an idea of what this is about and for all our new listeners i'm going to scroll through all of our previous episodes um you guys start start no no you shout stop at any at any point and then you can give us your opinion on the episode that i stop on um so who you wants don't to, need to shout shout you can just say stop well that would be quite funny if you did shout <laughs> did i say shout okay yeah but keep saying it sounds like you're saying sharts the entire time. <laughs> Don't shart. Yeah. God, all these rear extensions and sharting. Yeah. There's a theme. My my little boy can't say his cuz, like K's and cuz. So um, when he sings daddy shart, mommy shart, do, 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 daddy shart. Do. <laughs> like that, I love it. Oh, that's actually, so to be funny. fair, my, my my daughter, it's it's daddy shaka doo doo doo. I mean shaka doo doo doo. You know, so it's like a different take. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, moving on to the adult podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I am scrolling. Stop. Oh, just press play. Stop. <laughs> Don't want to hear our lovely voices again. Oh, episode 147. Does oh. property make or break your marriage? Oh, God, oh, that's my God. God. That, was, that was deep. R- yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah so what, what, what Sorry, do we risky. talk about here? Ben, are you okay? Do you need to talk about it, babe? So I guess basically does a... Are your partners involved? Do they like what you do? Are they supportive of what you do? Or did they all disappear? <laughs> oh. My mind disappeared. <laughs> mine <That's> disappeared. <laughs> Actually, so did mine. <laughs> yeah. I love it how Joe forgot that. Completed <laughs> on my divorce. I completely forgot. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yay. Oh, totally. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. So boys, hopefully that's not the the place you yeah, find I... yourself in. I can I can kick off with that. So I've married a um, uh, enthusiastic young Californian business lady. Um, we met over in the states. Um, so um, she was running gyms and a meal prep company. And when we met, I just got exited um, gyms and, and meal prep, which is why we first sort of connected and, and got really well together. Um, and our long distance relationship progressed as we were setting up the the businesses. So she was sort of, if she wanted to be to go there, then would have been a really good time to do that. But now it's extremely difficult. Um, so we're, I'm also dealing with a transatlantic relationship, not only, um, she's moved here now and we're married and, and, and that's all good. But we're also dealing with the fact that she's moved from a really warm 
country surrounded by our friends and family to not being in a warm country surrounded by um, my friends and my family, which um, I would argue they're better, but there you go. Sorry, all about friends and family. Um, so, <laughs> but w- one thing Kelly has always been open-minded about is business. She, she comes from California and the American dream where you, if you want something, you've got to go out and get it. And they're all hard workers and her parents are entrepreneurs. She's an entrepreneur. Um, and um, it's very difficult in some cases to having two entrepreneurs in one house because the ebbs and flows of business in my opinion, tend to be higher and lower than, than emotional in, 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 a, in a workplace. Um, so if you're both having a bad week, yeah, don't talk. Um, so we have, you know, the transatlantic and then the both being entrepreneurs um, element of, of balancing that. Um, but I think we're really starting to find our groove. She doesn't have anything to do with our businesses or property. I have actually categorically said I don't think we should be in business together because I think that if we keep that separate, we can rest and, and not speak about business. Um, my parents are not in business together, but my mum does a lot of the admin for my dad. And it, it does get in between what, what should be an enjoyable relationship quite frequently. And I see that. And, I, and now I do a lot of the stuff that, that, that should be outsourced to someone else. But I just do it to keep the peace, not because I want to do it, so to speak. So um we try and enjoy time outside of work together with no nothing around it although if we go for dinner kelly will tell me that we're not allowed to speak about property if i'm going with my brother ben or my dad um just because she's fed up with it enough um but she's very supportive of entrepreneurialism uh growing businesses obviously she's took a leap of faith so it's got me an element of trust there that that i'm going to be the more um supportive financially um but it doesn't not come with its challenges. You know, I do get prime example on the, we were talking about the property investor show. I got invited to a, di- a, a, a construction related dinner on Saturday in London, but I knew I wouldn't get away with going. Uh, even though she said, you know, I can go. Uh, I then got home on Saturday, absolutely knackered, couldn't really walk. My uh, rear extension was sore. Um, and, uh, and, I was pleased that I didn't go to that additional event after a two-day event because I knew I would have been up for uproar. So, um, um, but in general, um, I, you know, I, I, I think uh, marriage is is full of twists and turns, and there will be highs and lows. There will be times we don't like each other as much as you should like each other. Um, but you know, we, we've we, we're doing all right, and in my opinion, for for me, the whole. Um, moving country and visa difficulty in England completely uh, trumps any issues that we'll ever have in business or or supporting each other's businesses. So it sort of makes, uh, you know, what really is important and, and, you know, money comes and goes, staff come and go, um, stresses come and go. Um, But we've, I think, I feel like we've overcome that to some degree. We're still working on the next next part of the visa, which is really stressful. Um, But I would take business stress over that that like someone actually being able to live with you um and that stress at, at any day of the week um so a bit of a unique one because america versus U- uk but strong i'd say fairly strong i love it i yeah. love the transatlantic um sort of what's the word Robot. challenges that you've what that you've won I mean, it's amazing it's and perspective you know it's yeah. it's about what's really important so if you didn't have the perspective of what you've had to go through to be together you probably would find your business stress is way more stressful than you need to wouldn't you so it's a good thing in many yeah. ways. 
Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to the uh, transatlantic. Um, of course. Issues of trying to uh, get your your partner wants to move to the UK, going through that whole visa process. I went through that with with my ex, who's from South America, uh, and it is such a long-winded, stressful process and extremely expensive as well to go mm -hmm. with it. Uh, so yeah, I feel your pain with that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no small thing. So Ben. Yeah, I mean, Jack didn't mention that we've been banned from starting new businesses by the uh, wives. So that's... <laughs> they, they don't want to see any more letters coming through the uh, door with new business names that they've not heard of. Oh, I think we need someone to do that for us. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think... A if, new business um... is always exciting. No, Matt, stop, stop, stop. I'll just, I'll just send it to the office address, not not the home address. That's Sneaky. The... No, I mean, to be honest, we've got enough on our plate without yeah. throwing some more into the mix. But uh, yeah, I think if, if Laura sort of, if Laura could wave a magic wand, I'd probably be doing a nine to five, you know, and having that consistency, um, you know, of normality, I guess, um, um, which is just not, you know, I, I, I've done it. I've always known from a very early age that I've wanted to start my own businesses. And and like, that's just who I am, I think. And I think now that I've done it, I, I'm unemployable to anyone else, really, if I went back into um, a nine to five job. Um, but that being said, you know, she's still extremely supportive in terms of of, of what we do. Um, you know, I remember the very first um, week that I quit the Berkeley group and started building Aura from, from scratch. And um, she'd basically bought me, you know, a mouse mat with a logo on, a T-shirt, a notepad, like all that sort of stuff to kind of, you know, help me off on my way into, into sort of entrepreneurship, business ownership, that sort of stuff. So, um you know she's supportive but it's it's not been a, an easy ride because of the you know the, you're always on you know there, there's there's never really a time for break um we went on a um a five-month traveling trip together um right at the start of, of aura um which was fantastic and um we saw some amazing things but i still had to work during that process to kind of keep the lights on and keep things ticking over and obviously i think at the time, I didn't think it was as big an issue as it was, but, you know, it clearly had a big impact on on Laura, um, you know, having to kind of put up with that. And whilst, you know, I might have to take two hours out of my day to kind of check in on things or do a Skype call with the team team back home. Um, you know, it, I think from her perspective, you know, it would have been nice if I was completely in the zone with her on that traveling trip, rather than having to think about other stuff and checking on emails and messages and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think being a business owner is certainly tough and you definitely need a good support network around you to help with that because the, the highs and lows are significant. And we've mentioned it numerous times on this, this podcast in terms of business isn't easy and it really isn't. And I think, you know, being six years into it, um you you have to have a lot of resilience to the shit that gets thrown at you um you know, from from hr through to you know investments to to you know the amount of money that we're borrowing at the moment and personal guarantees that we've got and you know it's it's a very very risky business and people just don't they see the glory side of it and they see the money um and don't necessarily see the kind of busy feet swimming like the the swans through the water um it, it's frantic and it's very 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 um, difficult so yeah i think it's you know certainly something that can get in the way of a lot of relationships 
Um, and you know, we've we've worked hard to try and kind of overcome some of those things. I'm quite open to say I've we've done couples counselling to kind of get through some of the issues that that we've 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 gone through. Um, and I'm constantly learning about that because I do think you know, I, I think men and women do think differently about certain Definitely. things. Um, and um, kind of trying to understand more her point of view is something that I need to learn a, a lot about. So it's yeah, it's it's very difficult, and I think it, it can it can put um, put issues in in your partnerships definitely. Do you know what's great about that though? I think the entrepreneur mindset mindset can actually help with the problems when and the challenges in a relationship when they come up because the whole point mm. of an entrepreneur is to problem solve. So that's right? it's funny you say that because that's almost the biggest issue. Because yeah. most of the time, yeah, mo- most of the time, like as I- I'm that way inclined, I do think generally men in general want to sort of come oh, in and solve problems. Fix, yeah. And sometimes they just want to be heard. You know, yeah. Laura just wants to have a moan about something and be heard and be kind of consoled and, you know, have sympathy and, and empathy for that situation. And me coming in saying, oh, no, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? It's just annoying. God, yeah. um, so that's one thing that I've had to kind of rein back in on and, and sort of learn about myself. Um, the weird thing is you find yourself in a situation and you do it without even realizing you've just done it yeah. and, and, and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a massive argument and you're just like how did i get here how did it start it was all your fault exactly yeah. <laughs> this is a recurring theme that keeps wondering why he's here yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wait, i actually i actually had that the other day kelly asked me to look at some i made a spreadsheet for her meal prep company and she asked me to like look at one cell and I started like amending it and oh, rework, reworking the, the 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 like solution to solve that problem. And then immediately I was like, "Why are your costs so high here? What happened this week? Why didn't you try this? Why? Why is what's your product range looking like?" And it was like eleven thirty p.m. at night, and she was like, "Jack, shut up! I don't want this now." <laughs> It's tough. But I mean, you know, in your defense, and I think this is definitely where, you know, like you say, Ben, men and women are so different. You know, you have, number one, a very protective nature. So there's that kind of like wanting to come in and and, and sort of rescue and protect. And then your, your problem solvers, your fixes. And I think where the entrepreneur mindship is super helpful is that you are open to solving the problem, but not necessarily in the way that you normally would, which just means you have to listen. Um, you know, I can completely speak to that as well. You know, it's a challenge that I had in my in, in my marriage for sure, um, and even in my current relationship. You know, in prop the guy's in property, Craig is in property, but again, I'll have a problem, and his temptation is to just jump in and give me all the solutions and all the ideas, um, and I'm like, no, no, that's that's not what I need. I just need you to actually just listen. I'm soundboarding yeah. right now, and women with we like to soundboard don't we we really do it it's our process we don't go away think about it come back and solve we like to narrate discuss throw the ideas around and have reassurance so yeah but I still think because we're both in that entrepreneurial space that we are open very open-minded to the problem being solved it's just how we do that that we have to get support around do you know what I mean yeah, um, complete sense. Yeah, yeah. We had a. I've got a really fun argument that, that Kelly and I had yesterday, which <laughs> I would love to share with you. So, um, <laughs> we've just been away in Turkey, and I've got back, and my Netflix is logged out of my TV, <laughs> and my remote is really badly linked to the TV, so it takes me forever to log in. 
And anyway, we were logging into her Netflix account. And I was like, check your notes or your phone to make sure this is the right password because it's taken me 15 minutes to type it. <laughs> and it was wrong. And then we went to try the, a new email address. And, um, and, I, and she said the word password when we were doing the username. And I was like, hang on a second, password or username? And she was like, uh, I didn't say password. I was like, you just said password. And anyway, we had a we had a full blown argument because I was there with this remote trying to figure it out about how she had just said the word password. And anyway, we we, we had a little blown row, and then it all cooled down over logging into Netflix, believe it or not. And um and then once the dust was settled, and forty five minutes later, she looked at me, and I looked at her, and she was like, "Did I just say something out loud?" And I was like. No wonder we have an argument. You just asked <laughs> if you said something. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, something else that I must say out loud now is that, uh, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time. No, together. I was loving that bit so much. I want to talk more about relationships. This is brilliant. It's more like a therapy session. <laughs> we need it. We all need it. <laughs> now I'm going to shut that shit down. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, thank you very much, Ben and Jack, for being with us uh, today. If you want to reach out to you, get in touch, how can they do that? We're all across social media. Um, yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> email info at xpproperty.co.uk. You can follow us on Instagram at xpproperty. We are every Friday live at 5 p.m. across Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn for half an hour where we run down the highs and lows of what's happened this week um there's a lot of learning typically we'll talk about eight to ten different things about what's happened across the business um we have some insights into how we've solved them how they might help you um, we talk about some of our projects and difficulties that we're going through on those and um, the learnings that you might be able to take from them so i'd say yeah tune in on a friday at five o'clock on those platforms um but yeah just follow us on uh, xp property um, across social media brilliant well thank you very much um so that's it for today it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me that's a goodbye from us <laughs>